Hello there, we meet again. My name is Fernanda Moura, I am a literary scholar, and this is the second episode of the podcast, An Overview of English Literature. This time, I will talk about the literary production and circulation in the Restoration period. In 1660, Charles of the House Stuart was crowned Charles II, and the monarchy was restored in England. If you want to know more about how that came to happen, be sure to listen to the episode 1 of this podcast, An Introduction to the Restoration. We are now in the second half of the 17th century, and as the 18th century unfolded, publishing boomed in Britain. The printing press, invented by Johannes Gutenberg in Germany and introduced in England by William Caxton 200 years before, had changed the way books were produced. Books did not have to be copied manually anymore, but could be reproduced in larger scale in way less time, which meant more books and other types of publications, such as pamphlets and periodicals, were available to an increasing readership. There was, however, censorship and restraints on what could be published. In 1662, the Parliament issued the Licensing of the Press Act, or the Printing Act, which prevented the frequent abuses in printing seditious, treasonable and unlicensed books and pamphlets, and regulated printing and printing presses. Therefore, the government should be aware of and approve all texts that were officially circulating. Under this act, printing presses could not be established without notice to the stationer's company, a company of the City of London that held the monopoly over the publishing industry. Printing presses were allowed to be searched for unlicensed texts by warrant of the king or a secretary of state. If anything was not according to the law, the offenders would get severe penalties or even go to prison. This act was successfully renewed up to 1679 and once again renewed in 1685 until its dissolution in 1695 during William III's reign, the Dutch king. However, prosecutions of authors continued in the 18th century, as we will see when we talk about the writer Daniel Defoe in a future episode. The theatre was also heavily censored. The 1737 Stage Licensing Act demanded that all plays should be previously approved by the Lord Chamberlain and limited spoken drama, that is, plays without the additions of musical or dancing acts or other popular forms of entertainment, to two patent playhouses, Covent Garden and Drury Lane. In this way, what was being said about the government on stage could be controlled and unwanted topics censored. This act heavily influenced theatre history in London, but that is a topic for another episode. Weekly and daily periodicals started to appear in London and became very popular. The first daily newspaper was the Daily Courant, which started in 1702 and lasted until 1735. The newspaper was established by Elizabeth Mallet, an editor and bookseller. It is very nice to know that there were women working in the printing business in the early 18th century. The first magazine was the monthly Gentleman's Magazine, launched in 1731 by Edward Cave. Newspaper and magazines became a place for publication for new authors. 
With more opportunities for publishing their works, writers did not have to depend on aristocratic patrons. Additionally, newspaper and magazines paid for writers' texts, creating a literary market. The 17th and 18th centuries also saw the popularization of what is called publication by subscription. Subscribers would act as promoters to an author or a work in progress. They would usually pay half of the price for a book in advance and the other half after receiving the book. As a reward, promoters would sometimes see their names listed in the front pages of the book or get special editions. An example of a very successful subscription publication was Alexander Pope's translation of Homer's Iliad. The work was available by subscription, with one volume appearing every year over the course of six years, between 1715 and 1720. That project rendered Pope £5,000 at the time, which would be worth, according to the currency converter of the National Archives website, over £580,000 today. With £5,000 in 1720, Pope could, for instance, buy 929 horses or 1,201 cows or 8,333 stones of wool. And that would be equal to the wages of 55,555 days of labor of a skilled tradesman. Quite a successful project, right? I hope you have enjoyed knowing more about the literary production and circulation after the Restoration and up to the beginning of the 18th century. In future episodes, I will talk about specific authors who are very important in order to understand the history of English literature. Stay tuned and until the next stop in our journey through English literature.